And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. Casey Gisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. It is our final play-by-play before Christmas, and we hope everybody is enjoying their holiday time. A lot of folks getting off of work early today and easing into what's going to be a long weekend. We've got a fun show coming your way. Um, Man, got a fun 90 minutes of sports talk. In the next segment, we've got Chandler Guitros of South Lafouche High School who will be joining us. Uh, he is, of course, the head baseball coach and will be getting his team really after the holidays. They start to rev up quite a bit, so he'll be getting his team ready to rock and roll. Uh, we'll talk with him about that. And maybe we'll talk a little LSU with old Chandler. It was signing day a couple days ago. Tigers lose their offensive coordinator today. Some interesting things happening around LSU. We maybe could get into that with Chandler. Uh, in the segment after that at noon, we've got HL Bourgeois Boys Basketball Coach, Coach Andrew Kaiwet. Coach Kaiwet and his team are heading on a bus, and they're going to be taking on Jesuit today at a tournament. We saw Jesuit last night. It's going to be a big test for Coach Kaiwet and his team. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's going to also be a big test for the Blue Jays because HL Bourgeois is awfully doggone good. Then later in the show, Whew, we got to talk about the New Orleans Saints, don't we? Um, the Saints nope. lose. <laughs> the Saints lose to the Rams last night in Los Angeles. Their playoff hopes take a big hit. We'll break down that matchup and uh, cover some other things that are happening in the world of sports on the back end of the show. You guys know how we open up. You we want, had a. You want to talk some Saints? Yeah, I do. I would love to talk some Saints. That's all we need. Yeah. Undertaker music, the dead man, the Saints are dead, the Saints are in a bind, the Saints need Tampa Bay to lose Sunday, they need to find some sort, you said it, it doesn't matter whether Tampa Bay loses, you think Tampa Bay's going to beat the brakes off of New Orleans next Sunday, so we'll talk about that in a uh, funeral parlor segment of the Saints later in the show. I, I kind of enjoy those types of segments involving that team, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's get to our scoreboard right. from last time. Move on. Scoreboard. Positive. <laughs> but I don't know. Some of these results are not that positive, unfortunately. But, yes, um, our girls' basketball scoreboard from last night. East St. John falls to Westminster Christian. That's a surprising result. East St. John's playing well. Westminster Christian puts it on them last night, 62-47. to It's a single-A school getting all them 5A play-up points, getting a 15-point win over East St. John. A big game, not local, but just a big game of interest at the Bruley Tournament. John Curtis gets a 47-45 win against Denham Springs. Without knowing anything about Denham Springs, I could tell you they're really damn good if they played John Curtis to the 47-45. So good win for Curtis last night. Uh, let's see. We've got in 4A, Assumption in Scotlandville, no score reported. Get your dog on scores in Lutcher and Donaldsonville, no score reported, bruh. South Lafouche gets a 44-11 win over Bonneville. Nyla Lyons and Veda Prejean each score 10 points for a Lady Tarpons team that gets back up on the horse after losing three, four games in a row. They defend their home floor, get a good win over the Bonneville Bruins. Um, Well, you give up just 11 points. That's uh, some good defensive work. I don't give a damn who the opponent is. So good job by Coach Jenkins and her team. Uh, getting a big win. Man, you know this. It's always better to head into the holidays coming off of a win. Now they're going to be back at it next week, but, boy, it's a little bit easier to get the kids motivated for those Christmas Eve and, you know, post-Christmas practices whenever you got a win under your belt. Oh, it definitely helps, no doubt, because uh, 
you're right. Tournament times uh, during uh, the Christmas break, practices, sometimes it's tough to motivate these kids because, I mean, they're kids. Yeah. <laughs> they they want to uh, – they're off of school, and, but, no, they got to be at school practicing and playing tournaments. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to always win at this time of the year. Homer Christian School gets a thrilling 38-37 to win over South Terrebonne last night. Congratulations to Coach Celestine and his team for getting a one-point win over South Terrebonne. 38-37, to Homer Christian School gets an early season win. They haven't played a whole lot, but they are 2-1 and one in the games that they have played. So off to a pretty strong start there over at Homer Christian. 2A, that's where Homer Christian is. Single A, we didn't have any girls' basketball results of interest last night. So... We shift to the boys where there were more results last night on the boys than on the girls' side. Boys basketball. Boy, boy, boy. Big um, winner. I got a, a text message last night from a very fired-up Gage Griffin who told me, man, we got a huge one tonight. Over at the Walker Tournament, Central Lafouche goes and takes down the host. They get a 63-56 to win over Walker. You get 20 points from Evan Griffin. And then I want to make sure that I shout out the name of the young man. Let's see. They got 14 points from Isaiah Williams all in the fourth quarter. Gage, or excuse me, Evan told me. No, I got it right the first time. Gage told me that they led throughout. Walker made some runs late, and Central Lafouche iced it at the free throw line. Walker um, has just a handful of wins this year. They don't have that big old strong record like normal, but they have played some tough competition. You know and I know to beat them in their gym is a big deal. That's a huge win for Central Lafouche. Seven-point win at Walker. And there's nothing like beating the tournament host on their home floor. That is a signature victory for Coach Griffin and his team. Yep, very big win for the Trojans. And let's see if they can get this momentum going and get a few wins in this uh Tough. It's a tough tournament, and they can get a couple more wins. Would be awesome for them. I'm going to try to get some scoreboard updates because they're actually playing Santa Monica in that tournament right now. Um, so I'm going to try to get some scoreboard updates. That game tipped off at 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll try to maybe get you a final score from that one before we get off the air today. East St. John boys basketball gets a 58 to 49 win over Westminster Christian. So a good result for East St. John on the boys after their girls fall to Westminster. The game that we were at last night was our ESPN 100.3 game of the week. Jesuit gets a 56 to 33 win against Thibodeau. Two edges to the coin here. Jesuit does what they have to do, but we spoke with their coach after the game and he was very honest in saying, Hey man, like we play teams like this that frankly we're supposed to beat. And our goal is not on the opponent, but it is on playing the best that we can and trying to get better, knowing that our district is brutal and that our playoff bracket is brutal. The Jesuit coach told us up front last night, hey, we didn't get any better. Um, We played well in the fourth quarter. That's about it. Jesuit does what they need to do, but in a Jesuit versus Jesuit matchup, their coach didn't think that they made strides last night. But on the other side to the coin, I think Thibodeau had something to do with that. They played extremely hard. They were very competitive until about the fourth quarter. It was anybody's guess as how the game might go. Um, I thought Jesuit was a little stagnant, sure, but I thought Thibodeau forced them to be a little stagnant, and, and the Tigers are getting better, man. Every time I see them, they play better than they did the last time. Yeah, Thibodeau had a lot to do with the way <clears throat> Jesuit came out and played. Their uh, Thibodeau's defense in the half-court set was, was, uh, was pretty darn good. They were very active, forcing Jesuit to lob the ball over. Uh, their their defense a few times just throwing the ball uh, th- throwing it away, and uh, look if if 
Coach Clark has those guys playing hard. And uh, if they can find some offense, man, if they can just shoot the ball a little bit better, and um, they missed tons of shots in the paint, but that, that was due because the post presence yeah. of, of Jesuit. It was, uh, they were causing some havoc in that lane. But look, man, Thibodeau, keep your heads up. Y'all played uh, a very competitive game, good game. And just a few more shots, man, they can make. It would have been a – it was a game in the fourth quarter. It would have lasted a lot closer to the end. Jesuit plays Bourgeois today. What are some things Bourgeois has to do to try to knock off the Blue Jays who are now like 14-1 and one or something like that? Because, man, look, I look at it as some of the same issues that Thibodeau had, HL's going to have. Jesuit's going to yep. be way bigger than they are. They're going to have size. They're going to you know, be able to disrupt shots and – um, how does Bourgeois try to combat that and get a what would be a huge victory over the Blue Jays? Yeah, see if they can score in the paint. They can, now look, Bourgeois has got some shooters. They can shoot the ball from the outside. So if they can make shots from the outside and in, in the paint, not changing their shot, maybe drawing some fouls inside. But uh, they're gonna have to play some solid defense. Also, if if Bourgeois can play defense the way they did. That uh, last few minutes against, I think it was uh, Santamont. Yeah. It, it, it'll be a very good game throughout. You know, it's crazy to say. Um, I think one of the things Bourgeois is going to have to do is not let number 32, Lopez, get the ball in the middle of the floor. They bring the ball up the floor. They throw it to him like around the free throw line area. He just holds it high because he's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big long arm, just holds it high studies the floor, and they got cutters going in every different direction. He's such a great passer. We were talking to their coaching staff. I think Bourgeois has got to stop and try to chop off his playmaking ability because he's the biggest dude on the court for them, but he's probably their most skilled passer, and he initiates a lot of their offense. Can't let him get creative with the way that they're running their offense. Yeah, keep the ball out of the high post because when they get it to the high post, like you mentioned, they got cutters going to the basket. They also have guys going behind the three-point line for open shots. Uh, And you would expect them to shoot the ball a little bit better in their gym tonight. But, um, yeah, I think that's a great point where keeping the ball out of the high post for Bourgeois would, uh, would help them out. South Terrebonne and St. James were scheduled to play. It got canceled. So that brings us to 3A where I don't know that we had anybody last night. Nope, but that game canceled. We didn't. Home of Christian School did not play. They're going to be taking on E.D. White today over at Nichols State University. Uh, we also got the Vanderbilt girls taking on E.D. White at Nichols State University tonight. That's 6 o'clock for the girls, 7.30 for the boys. Central Catholic um, over at the Turlings Catholic Tournament fell to Lacassine, 63-51. to Lacassine's undefeated. They're like, whatever, Coach K said 20-0 and or something like that. So a not a terrible result. You fall by 12 against a very strong opponent over at the Turlings Catholic Tournament. Now, today... We've got South Lafouche taking on Ellender. This is not a uh, big flashy matchup on paper of two playoff-bound teams. And, you know, both teams right now, if the playoffs started today, would not get in. Um, you're facing Ellender. You're on your home floor. you got to handle pressure. you got to handle all sorts of things when you're taking on a Cornell Scott team. What are some things that you think Coach Brody and his team have to do well today to try to secure home court advantage and get that win over the Patriots? Uh, I think, first of all, taking care of the basketball these uh, Ellender wants to um, up tempo, try and get a steal. They've been doing that for years, uh, trying to get steals and shoot layups. So I think taking care of the basketball is going to be crucial uh, for the Tarpons tonight. And uh, Ellender, 
again, they want to try and get their defense into early offense. And if you can make this a half-court game, Ellender at times, uh, they struggle to score also. So this could be a, a low-scoring game, and it, it may even come down to uh, bench play tonight. Vanderbilt and Bell Chase tonight out in home on the boys' side. Bell Chase is really good, but they're going to find out just how good they yeah. are tonight going into Homa and playing that one. So that'll be a good one. E.D. White and Homa Christian will be interesting. The Cardinals have a nice record to start the year. The schedule competition hasn't necessarily been the best. Homa Christian school's a little beat up. That's an interesting matchup. That's two teams that are going to play hard. I think that that one's got a chance to maybe be a, a pretty hard fought, pretty cl- close and competitive game today over at Nichols. Yeah, and that's at Nichols, Darren Fonts. Yeah. Classic. Yep, honoring the, the memory and the life of Coach Fonz, who's taken from us far, far too That was soon. a good guy. No doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to be chatting with Coach Chandler Guitros of South Lafouche Baseball. The holidays are always kind of a, a an interesting time for the high school baseball coaches, but, man, when we get out of the new year, they're going to really start ramping up and getting themselves ready for February, which is when their season starts. We'll catch a break, get to Chandler. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. I was just about to say they were making a trip to South Lafouche High School for this segment, but I didn't realize that school's actually out. The holiday started today down the bayou, so we're going to Coach Chan Logitros, who's not at school today. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Well, Casey, you're already telling lies. I'm actually in the dugout right now. just finished cutting the fuel, man. There you go. So the grind never stops, brother. Uh, look, we talked about this in the last segment of the show. After the holidays, things really start to ramp up for you guys. I'm sure that... 
you're excited to spend Christmas and the New Year's with the fam, but then knowing, hey, after that, there's going to be some long days and some long nights leading into the beginning of the season. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we have our uh, – the state calls it a little evaluation period where we get uh, those 20 hours, even though I don't know understand how that works anymore and how you could practice whenever you want. But uh, we're going to follow the 20 hours over two weeks just to be safe because that's, uh, that's what's on the state website. Uh, just bring them in a couple hours a day uh, for those first couple of weeks of January. Uh, you know, one day put in butt coverages, one day put in first and thirds, and, uh, you know, just have more specific things. That way, whenever we get to that January 22nd that the state says you can officially start, which I don't know what that means anymore, <laughs> uh, we kind of going to be uh, ready to rock and roll and we can just rep everything out. So I know that this is very premature to ask this question because, you know, you guys are not preparing for any opponents or anything yet, and the kids are still kind of just getting some light work. On paper, what are some things that you think are going to be the strength of this year's team on paper? Uh, I actually have liked what I've seen uh, on the mound from our front-line guys. I think we need to build a little bit more depth there, but uh, I think that we're going to be able to throw it pretty well with our starting pitchers. Uh, I really do. And uh, I think offensively we, we poised to have a pretty big year. I'm excited about the way we performed this summer. A lot more gap-to-gap hitting. Uh, we have some kids uh, now that we could do a little bit more on the base path. I think a kid like Jacob Pierce, uh, you know, he was playing as a sophomore last year, kind of Tim, but I think that uh, this year and over the summer, uh, last summer really, he just kind of just said we turned this kid loose and uh, he had the green line on at all times and he's so instinctual on the bases that kid can make you hurt. And we have a, a couple of guys that can run. I think we're going to be able to produce some runs this year, Casey. Oh, that's awesome to hear, dude. The last time we had you on, you were talking about your outfield defense and how you guys got to figure that out. Last year, it was kind of hit or miss there, man. You had some games where they made some great plays, some games where they were dropping some routine ones. Um, tell me about that. When you were sculpting your lineup, I know that you said, hey, in the past, we're going to get our nine best bats out there. We'll figure everything else out. But if that creates a deficiency in the field, do you maybe alter and play a more defense first guy? Or like, how do you juggle that? Uh, that's a, actually a really good question. I, I still, my philosophy in high school baseball is you get the best nine bats early and you set the defense late in the game if you have to. Uh, but at times it bit us. So, uh, look, hopefully uh, those three uh, guys that we put out there are one of our nine. But we've uh, we've actually done it before where we had an outfielder that we DH for. There you uh, go. We, we, didn't, we didn't DH, uh, I remember, I think it was 2019, Andrew Gidry, um, that class with Joe B. Sheremy and those guys. that We uh, we had him in center field and we DH for him because it was an important spot for us. And uh, that's something that we're definitely going to look at. Um, you know, uh, it's it's important, man, that it calls us in games and uh, – we were kind of spoiled, you know, the last really generation of guys in the outfield. You had guys like Austin Cantrell and uh, Jonah Kale, uh for three years starting in center field. That's two of the best guys in the history of the school to ever do it. Uh, so we've been kind of spoiled, and we got to, uh, you know, those are just special guys. So we got to, you know, kind of get back up to that level, but you're not always going to have the transcendent uh, guy out there in center field. So be a lot more uh repping guys and uh just making sure we make the routine plays that's really all we're looking for we're okay with uh you know making a spectacular play every now and then but we got to be able to make the routine ones every single time outfield errors cannot happen coach uh one of the things that is so interesting and it sounds like you know maybe i'm i'm panicking a little bit when i say this but i'm not is that division one non-select is so competitive that when February 19th rolls around and you guys are hosting North Lake Christian, you'd be, you better be ready to go because what I mean by that is in Division One non-select, if there's any two or three-game losing streak snuck in there, like 
you're going to get passed up by a lot of schools. This is a bracket where 32, 33, 34 teams maybe deserve to get in and far fewer than that actually do. Talk about the importance of being consistent and trying to not have lulls because if you lose three and four in this bracket, you're going to be climbing uphill the rest of the way. Yeah, and uh, you just look in our local area, some pretty doggone good baseball teams, uh, us, Terrebonne, and Central Lafouche that, you know, we all won a ton of games last year, and we got left behind. You know, it wasn't a 32-team bracket. It's a 24-team bracket now, and that's tough. Uh, so, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, I thought last year that was one of the best things that we did was coming out the gates uh, really hot. You got uh, to have it. You, uh, the games that you should win, you have to win. The games that you, uh, you know, maybe are at a disadvantage, you got to surprise some people. And baseball is such a random game that you're going to get outplayed some days. It's just the ones that uh, you have to be able to take care of business when the opportunity's there. You can't blow leads late in games, those kind of things. So, uh, absolutely right. There's uh, there's no room for error, and uh, that's a big reason we scheduled that big 34-game schedule. We've never attempted to play that many before, but uh, just the way that we kind of looked at the PowerPoints working. Those schools that were up there uh, were schools that were playing 33 or 34 games, and they had to win 21, 22 of them at least. So that's uh, kind of the goal and the philosophy with that schedule. Man, have you ever have you guys ever been given the explanation as to why there's just 24 teams? Football in Division One non-select, there's 28. Basketball in Division One non-select, there's 28. Why is it that in baseball it's different? Have you guys ever gotten an explanation on that, or is it just LHSA doing LHSA things? Well, the whole philosophy going into it was that baseball voted to have the first round be best two out of three, which I agree with. Whenever, uh, you know, as a coach in the playoffs, that first round game always scared me more than anything else just because if they have one guy on the mound, they could beat you. So that was cool, best two out of three series in the first round. What we didn't realize was that it meant that they would go to an even number 24-team bracket. That was not uh, kind of presented to I, – I never saw any literature on that before that it would cut eight teams out the playoffs. So, uh, or, yeah, eight teams, whatever it is. Uh, but if we'd have known that, I would have thought a little differently of that because that takes away opportunities from kids to get an opportunity to go compete in the playoffs uh, that they earn. So uh, that's the philosophy behind it. Uh, I just say cut a week out of the regular season and let's <laughs> just extend the playoffs a little bit. But I guess that's not my decision to make. Bro, you have a, a stretch very late in the season where you play three straight days. It is a Thursday game at uh, home against Vanderbilt, a Friday, which will be at Thibodeau, then a Saturday home against Thibodeau. I get it. It's not three games against the same opponent, but it's going to be three games in a row against quality teams. Coaches now are adapting that kind of three-game series thing where they're doing it in the middle of the year or the beginning of the year. Almost feels like they're at the back end. If you guys are in playoff position, that can maybe help you out because it's almost like you would be replicating a postseason series at the end of the season right before the postseason begins. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I would expect uh, if you win those games, that could be 40-plus points of pop uh, PowerPoint uh, rating. So, yeah, it's huge. Uh, Coach uh, Charles Player and I, we decided to get out of that tournament uh, in week four where we normally would play Thibodeau. So we just kind of thought, you know, why don't we – just do a home and home every year. Our, you know, we, we like competing against those guys. They well coach. There's some good quality uh, players, good looks for uh, both sides to prepare you for the playoffs. So, uh, we definitely looking forward to that. And uh, then this year, obviously, with Vanderbilt on the back end as well, it kind of worked out that, uh, you know, if you're going to go play a playoff series two weeks later, this is where you get ready for it. So we're definitely excited about that challenge at the end of the year. To some great teams that we have a lot of respect for. 
Buddy, uh, you're a coach, so I know that it's hard for coaches to sometimes say that other coaches meet maybe should be replaced. Brian and I are both off of the Dennis Allen bandwagon. The Saints lost last night 28-20. to It wasn't even that close. Um, man, is it time to make a change in New Orleans, bro? Yeah, and I, like, I'll, I'm kind of the last one to ever say fire coach at the professional level. It's a little different. But, uh, no, there was that uh, that sequence before the halftime where uh, – what's wrong with going down at the half 10 to seven why, why are we pushing that on that four down play you gifted them a touchdown coming out that to me that was inexcusable uh that was a fireable offense right there uh you know i get being overly aggressive at times lord knows i've done it uh but that right there was inexcusable and that changed the the game you know if that don't happen you may be in there late in the fourth quarter but uh kind of pissed it away there right before half that's crazy, man. Look, LSU playing Wisconsin in the bowl game. Um, we're not going to see Jaden Daniels. Got a new offensive coordinator. I, Brian and I have been talking about this. I really believe that this is probably a great situation for LSU because, yeah, I would have loved to see Jaden Daniels go and play one more time, and there's no doubt he would have moved them up and down the field against Wisconsin. But the coaching staff needs to figure out what they've got in Nussmeyer, and they need to figure out what they've got in Joe Sloan and some of the other guys who will be calling plays. Uh, it's just a bowl game, man, and, and I'll say it like this. If Nussmeyer, with all of the receivers, can't beat Wisconsin, then maybe you got to go get somebody else because Wisconsin wouldn't win very many games in the SEC. No, for sure, man. And, uh, look, uh, Nussmeyer's looked good in spurts. He's looked bad in spurts. Uh, you know, you look at the, the interceptions, that's obviously the big thing. Uh, but you got to see what you, you got with him with the number one receivers. Uh, even though they're not going to be there next year, you got to see – uh, what it'll look like running the true offense. So it's a good opportunity. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a, it's a tryout to Coach Sloan. Uh, in my opinion, I think they should promote him today as, as a full-time offensive coordinator going into the year because uh, you can't afford to lose that guy. And, uh, you know, it stinks with Coach Dan Brock leaving, but I'm uh, at least uh, glad that he decided to stick it out through that early signing period because that could have been catastrophic if that news was announced a week ago. Your dad, are you finished with your Christmas shopping yet, buddy? Oh, yeah, man, I did it all. No, uh, my wife's uh, an Amazon, so she uh, <laughs> she was able to do that for me, man. There you go. Sounds like a winner, bro. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Merry Christmas to you and yours, man. We'll chat again soon. All right, same to y'all. Merry Christmas to everybody over there. Y'all have a good one. Yep, that is Coach Chandler Guitros doing a great job. We uh, look forward every Friday to hearing his opinion. I actually got a, co- a note here from Coach Ron Case that I would like to shout out on the air. He said... Uh, and this is Ron Case, assistant boys basketball coach at Central Catholic. He said, we probably played our best game last night. Lacassine was really good. Full court man-to-man defense and sprinting the spots in transition offense with great shooters. They just never stopped running. And then he added that their sixth man broke his nose diving for a loose ball and is in surgery. And uh, there's lots of adversity this season. But then he left it with, we will overcome it. Yes, they will. Central Catholic's going to win a bunch of games. Uh, Central Catholic sixth man? Yeah, they're Central Catholic sixth man. Oh, man. A team that already is kind of yes. limited, losing a key piece. So hopefully they could overcome that. And uh, I know they got a great coaching staff, and they got some good dudes there. I think that they'll uh, they'll be just fine. They'll be fine in a couple of weeks. They get, yes. Chandler says no more Dennis Allen. Man, the the army is growing. Oh, I, look! I have I'm saving my thoughts for if we do a. Uh... Oh, we are. <laughs> we are. We will be discussing the New Orleans Saints a little bit later in the show. And I, by the, the way, triple, I'm, the triple S segment. <laughs> I, I misspoke earlier, by the way. Don't uh, go and try to correct me. I said 28 20. It was 30 to 22. The Rams got the win over New Orleans last night, uh, improving their positioning and uh, hurting the Saints' positioning. Yeah. But 
Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to the head boys basketball coach of HR Bourgeois. Coach Andrew Kiowet will be joining us. Boy, his team has a huge game tonight. A great PowerPoint earning opportunity against the Jesuit Blue Jays. We'll have Andrew on. Actually, they're about to load up a bus. He said at 1230, they're getting on the bus. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Welcome back to Play by Play here. Probably one of the games of the night in the state of Louisiana tonight will happen in the city with HL Bourgeois on a 10 and 5 record traveling to take on Jesuit, who's 14 and 1. We have the Bourgeois Boys basketball coach, Coach Andrew Kaiwood, on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good, good. Uh, you guys have been off for a week. The last time we saw you, you took on Vanderbilt, and it was a very good game. Both teams had chances to win that one. They pulled away late. But now you've had a week of practice to prepare for the next Goliath you got to try to slay in Jesuit. How's the last week been over on the reservation, man? Oh, it's been fine. I mean, we look not to take anything away from Vanderbilt. They're a great team, and they played like a team. And I just don't feel like we played like a team. Uh, we didn't rebound the ball. We had too many times that we just didn't check out. Uh, we didn't get back in transition defense, and that was probably the top two things in our scouting report. And then I talked to kids, you know, when we give player personnel, you also got to adjust the guys. Uh, you know, kids from Vanderbilt were capable of shooting the ball from the perimeter, and they were just driving all night long, and we never adjusted to that. You know, the, the the number 21, he could shoot the ball, and we had to cover him from the, from anywhere on the court, and we just failed to do that. So 
not to take anything away from Vanderbilt, but I felt like we shot ourselves in the foot. So a great deal of practice was in doing things not to shoot ourselves. And obviously we did tons of checkout drills, did lots and lots of push-ups when we didn't, when we didn't either get the defensive board or we didn't attack. Uh, lots of push-ups when we didn't get back in transition. Did a lot of drill work and then did some live stuff with it too. So, I mean, Van, uh, Vanderbilt's not a team that's going to beat themselves. And I think you take that even to a next level with Jesuit. They're not going to do anything to beat themselves. And then they've got great size and they've got great shooters and they just take care of the ball and, and they can put it in the hole, play great defense. So it's going to be a big challenge for us tonight. Nothing that we're not capable of handling, but we must play very, very well. Yeah, that was the next question I was going to ask, coaches. We saw Jesuit last night and we saw you at the gym, so I know you got a good firsthand look at them as well. One thing that Thibodeau was doing, they were getting the ball into the paint, but they were having to alter their shots in the paint because of the two big, long, lanky guys that were either altering the shot or blocking the shot. Brian and I said a couple of times on the radio broadcast, man, like just get them up in the air and go into them and draw some fouls. Like, is that kind of the game plan? Is because look, I felt last night that Thibodeau was trying too hard to not get fouled and was attempting a more difficult layup as a result. Look, I think I think number two is their guy. Number two, ten, that's their two guys. And uh, you know, number two is susceptible to foul trouble. Uh, if you check him out, he's going to climb you back. If you go into him, he's gonna he's gonna get some foul, uh, and and 32 is even longer than him, but 32 is not very physical either. And and my big thing is when you when you go into a player and you change shots, then I think that that gives the advantage to the defensive player. So I think you gotta you gotta you gotta show the ball. You gotta get them up in the air, and then you gotta get into their body. If they block your shot, they block your shot. But you can't. And, and and we have a lot of kids that do that. And I think that's just what what their mentality has become these days. And and we've got attacking players. Well, attack high. Don't attack low. Then you give the advantage to the defense. Yeah, very well said. Coach, look, much is made about Coleman on your team, and he's a great scorer. He's, he's so explosive. He does so many great things. But I was taken back on the Vanderbilt game by your the, the green kid. He played exceptional. He was making shots and driving into the lane, finishing above the rim. Like, bro, uh, that kid has come around. He's made some big, big strides. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing now what we felt like he was capable of doing all along. And uh, he's playing with confidence. I think he realizes his game is catch and shoot for the most part. Uh, if he if he pounds the ball too much, he gets himself in trouble. Uh, you know, if he if he takes one or two dribbles for a straight line penetration, you know, and, and he's the kind of kid he can get to the rim with one dribble, uh, you know, from the three point line. So he should never dribble the ball more than once or twice. And if he does that, I think he's capable of being a, a great great scorer for us because obviously he can shoot the three he can rise above I think he's got a dunk in virtually every game of the season and and many of them are over players um, I, I think he's got a great mid-range shot he just gets himself in trouble when he plays with the basketball too much so so I mean we, we we're in his ear all the time telling him that and look he's 
if not the most coachable players, he's one of the most coachable players on our team. And, uh, you know, it's a joy to have him around. And he's become a very good team leader. And, look, against Jesuit today, we got to avoid playing man-to-man defense as much as we can. And, and that goes against my grain. But we have to play our matchup. And there's only one way you can play a matchup, and that's with great communication. And, and David and Chris both do an excellent job. They understand our matchup. And they do a good job of talking to their teammates and, and getting them in the right positions. Coach, that was my question for you. Uh, Jesuit, they love getting the ball at the high post, look for these backdoor cuts or kicking the ball out on the perimeter for a three-point shot. How uh you plan to defend these backdoor cuts? Well, first of all, just what I just said, and that's in the top of my scouting report, if we can play the matchup the whole game and be successful, then we've got a heck of a shot at winning the game. I don't think we're a terrible defensive team, man-to-man-wise, but I think they will expose everything about you. And, and our kids have an attacking nature, and I think that's what, what they, they ply against. And, and if you are denying, they're just going to fake and go back door, and they're going to shoot layups all night long. So I just don't think it's in our best interest to play man tonight. Um, you saw Thibodeau play them zone last night, and they just played them a straight 2-3. And when they came out the first trip of the game and Thibodeau played a man, they just back-cut them to death. And then when Thibodeau was able to play them zone, look at the halftime score, Jesuit 20-17. And then when Thibodeau, when Jesuit came out and got a little bit of a flurry to start the third quarter, then Thibodeau had to go man. And listen, I, I respect Thibodeau as a defensive team as much or more than any other club in the state of Louisiana and they cut Tony's team to death last night and if Tony and them can't play man-to-man it's going to be very hard for us to play man-to-man against them now you're going on their floor tonight in the in their gym uh it's going to be a different type game people can uh you know say what they want when you got the New Orleans officials compared to the officials in the Thibodeau they kind of uh, let you play a little bit more. Do you think that could uh, help you guys out tonight or uh, it'd be uh, an uphill battle playing that style? I think it's an advantage for them, honestly, because you look at you look at their kids, number 10, number 5, number 2, the big, strong kids. I think that helps them out. Uh, but, I mean, we can play physical, too. And that's one good thing about this team that we have is we can play a lot of different styles. We can speed you up. We can slow you down. We can do a lot of different things. So so I just hope – look, I, I think the biggest thing about our team and, and going back to what Casey asked me earlier, what did we work on this week? I think we worked on more of the mental side of the game than anything. I think we have the physical tools – I think sometimes we lack in, in self-discipline, we lack in focus, and I think, I think when we have that, we can play with anybody in the state of Louisiana. There we go. Sounds like a winner, Coach. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck today, man, and, and very Merry Christmas to you and yours, brother. Thank you. You guys, too. Yep, that is Coach Andrew Kiewit. His team is going to be loading up the caravan, heading out to play Jesuit. I, Bourgeois is not going to be rattled. They have beaten a nine and four Plaquemine team. They played an eleven and one Pineville team, an eleven and three Zachary team. They played Salmon. They played thirteen and one in Denham Springs. 
They played 12 and 4 Santa Mont. They played 7 and 2 Vanderbilt. So the fact that they're facing a 14 and 1 opponent won't mean anything to them. They're not going to be intimidated by that. Um, but they're going to have to execute. You're going on the road and you're facing a very quality opponent, an opponent that's going to have more size than you. Um, it's going to be an uphill challenge, but don't be surprised if the Braves go and fare very well because they've, they've seen these types of challenges before and more. Yeah, and I think a key tonight is going to be for them, to, the sooner they can realize this, the better off they're going to be, is realize that it's going to be a more physical-type game tonight than if you be playing at home because uh, it might be a, a, a tightly called game at home and you can maybe get away with some things uh, with the New Orleans Association, a little more aggressive. So uh, kind of it may be a disadvantage at first until they adjust to it. Like, well, I, I can't be aggressive here. I'll get a foul called. Well, maybe tonight you could. And the sooner they can realize that, the better chance they'd have to stay in the game and win the game in the fourth quarter. Cornell told me this once, and Cornell Scott, that is, the, the boys basketball coach at Ellender, when he had one of his stronger teams, he said, hey, man, a, I like to play a tough schedule because I like to challenge my guys, and, and we get that. Everybody's on board with that. But he also said something that was interesting, is that B, by going play at the Sun Kiss, by going play road games in New Orleans and in Baton Rouge and whatever, you get to see other styles of officiating, which he always thought helped his team outcome postseason time. You did this for a long time. Is it good to – I mean, obviously, you get used to the folks on the bayou. You see the same 10, 12 guys throughout the course of this season. You learn some of their tendencies. You know who are some of the ones you prefer, some of the ones you don't. Is it good to expose your team to other crews and other uh, associations and to get yourself ready for those other styles, knowing that in the playoffs you're going to be getting a mixture? Yeah, without a doubt. And, look, when we made the playoffs and we had to travel, I would uh, – call the coach and say okay you know get game times prices and all this stuff set then my next question uh the officials with organization what are we getting and he's like why you want i, I want to know what associations call on our game because if we seen them early in the year then you go back in your notes and say well okay uh this association lets you play this way this association may let you do this so yes it definitely helps and uh, you tell your kids from the get-go, don't wait. And a lot of times, Casey, how many times you see this where some teams wait until the third and fourth quarter and they realize, oh, we can be aggressive and <laughs> we get away with You're this. down 20. Yeah, then it's kind of late. So if you can realize that from the start, it yes, at 100% it helps. How about this? Jesuit is 14-1. and one. Do you want to know where they're seated right now in Division One Select? Probably uh, seven. On the nose, they're seventh. They're fourteen and one. They're seventh. Look behind them is Saint Augustine, who's thirteen and zero and who is eighth. Uh, but that's such as life when you're in a bracket with Saint Thomas More and you know Catholic of Baton Rouge and all the private school teams in New Orleans and Bonnables down there at fifteen. I mean, that is it's, it's loaded to the gills. And the cars twenty first, loaded to the gills. Very very tough. Uh, great chance for Jesuit to earn a bunch of points tonight, but also a huge opportunity for Bourgeois. Bourgeois right now sitting at 15th. If they win tonight, they could potentially be in the top 10. They could catapult themselves in a big, big way. Yeah, that, that's going to be a great high school basketball game tonight with, with Jesuit and NHL Bourgeois. Got a feeling there's going to be some folks in there, right? I mean, Jesuit traveled pretty good last night on the road. I got a feeling it's going to be a packed house. Yeah, New two Orleans. teams that are well coached. I mean, guys that they can play basketball. They're strong. Uh, they have a system that they follow, and it's gonna it's gonna be a great game. 
want to send our well wishes to coach Danny Broussard of, yes. of St. Thomas Moore, who is recovering from an open heart surgery. Coach Broussard started to not feel well, went into the doctor and found out he had one of his arteries that was blocked, so blocked that they couldn't put a stent. They had to actually physically open him up. I saw a report on social media this morning. Apparently, the surgery was successful. See a picture of him in the hospital room with a lot of his uh, members of the team surrounding him and his brother Ricky there also. Uh, coach Broussard's a great dude, does it for all the right reasons, and is an unbelievable basketball coach. Get well soon, buddy. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hope to see you back out there, man. Yeah, it's uh, and I think one of his former players may have been the doctor or oh, yeah, it, and kind of uh, said, look, you, you need to – take this uh, i think it was a calcium test and when he came back oh no you got to go in right away and yet they tried to put a stent couldn't do it so they scheduled the open heart surgery for him yeah we wish him uh, well in his recovery and uh hope to see him back on the sideline yeah, soon. no doubt about that let's catch a break when we get back we will talk about the debacle in los angeles the saints fall by eight points on thursday night football their playoff hopes are getting pretty dim. Uh, we'll talk about the matchup. We'll talk about some things New Orleans needs to happen this weekend. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Greetings from A.J. LeBlanc and the staff at LeBlanc Insurance Agent. You keep us glowing and bright all year round, and we look forward to caring for your needs in the coming year. Happy holidays and have a great new year. God bless all of you, A.J. LeBlanc. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sports-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. 
For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Uh, we want to thank Andrew Kaiwet for the time and wish them the best of luck against Jesuit today. I want to thank Coach Chandler Guitros for the time and uh, wish him best of luck in his preseason preparations. Let's go ahead and thank some of our sponsors for allowing us to be here today. The Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff, and Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belche, Sluling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. We will have the Sports Corner tomorrow. It will be our final opportunity to get on the air before Christmas. Tonight, uh, South LaFouche will be taking on Ellender at 7 o'clock in the Tank Boys Basketball Single Header. Our broadcast is sponsored in part by Duck Fab, Terrebonne General Health System, Advanced Eye Institute, 3T Oil, Joe Septic, Absolute Fitness, GIS, Rev, Dufresne Building Materials, and Calvin Braxton Ford. We've got some other sponsors to think we'll do that in the next segment. Um, the Rams get a 30-22 to win over the New Orleans Saints last night in a game that really wasn't that close. It was 30 to 7 with 12:44 to go in the fourth quarter when the Rams made a 32-yard field goal. New Orleans comes back and gets a touchdown from Jawan Johnson, gets a stop, gets another touchdown to A uh, AT Perry with 3:53 to go. New Orleans tries an onside kick. They didn't have any timeouts left at the time. They try an onside kick, don't recover it, and then the Rams run the football, get some first downs and then Cam Jordan commits a bad penalty, which allows the Rams to not have to give the ball back to New Orleans. Um, 
a lot of the same themes that we've been seeing throughout the year with New Orleans popped up last night. You can't score in plus territory. Every single drive, it feels like, was in Rams territory, and you stalled out. You only punted the ball twice yesterday. Your offense actually moved the ball pretty well, uh, just couldn't score when it mattered. You don't trust your kicker. You had two possessions and inside their 40-yard line. Instead of attempting a 55, 56-yard field goal, you don't even try it. You punt it once, you get slaughtered on fourth down another time. You're not even trying to run the football. You had just 16 attempts for 35 yards last night. Kamara, nine carries for 19 yards. Didn't even use Taysom Hill last night. Two carries for two yards. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't try to run the ball. On the other end, you couldn't stop anything. Matthew Stafford, 328 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Kyron Williams goes over 104 yards rushing with a touchdown. And you let their best players make plays. Nakua, though, great receiver for the Rams, nine catches, 164 yards. Cooper Cup had six catches. Um, Last night, and I said this on yesterday's show, the Rams had the better quarterback, the better coach, the better receivers, the better offensive line, the better defensive line. They were at home. The Saints were playing on a short week. The Saints have injuries. I have no idea why this was just Rams minus four. And the Saints made it closer than what it ultimately was late. But they were never going to win this game. They did exactly what the Saints do, which is bully on the, the worst of the worst and then face somebody towards the middle and just get washed out. They couldn't protect Carr. Carr's making mistakes. He's still checking down, throwing a three-yard pass on fourth and seven, and the same mistakes rearing their ugly head over and over and over again. And I'll go so far as to say this. I hope Tampa Bay wins Sunday because I'm tired of hearing, oh, we control our own destiny. I'm tired of that. I hope Tampa Bay wins Sunday and slams the door shut on these fools, man. Well, I hope Tampa Bay loses, but I hear what you're saying. Um, The Saints organization is – Crashing. Crash uh, and burn. uh, Changes need to be made, and it's scary to think that they would even think about bringing this coaching staff back. I think they are. mind-boggling. But one thing with the the organization with the Saints, and I'm not comparing but uh, high school to NFL and Mm -hmm. nothing like that, but that sounds a foolish with B.J. Young, his his offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out that first year. Receivers had big game, big seasons. They were seniors. Other people came in. He plugged people into the system and had pretty much the same results, if not better, mm-hmm. right? The Saints get people. Uh, is it Jamal Washington? Is that the right name from Detroit? Jamal Williams. Williams from Detroit led the NFL in touchdowns. Running back. Doesn't even play. Plug him into the system and he's non-existent. I mean, the system is bad. And the, the ones in charge of it, they don't see it. Or they're not willing to see it. Then they need to go. And I look, Today, then they got a little kind of they call it a mini buy now because you mm-hmm. off whatever. This morning, Dennis Allen should have been fired. I don't care if they got one game left, two games left. Why wait? 
And because I don't think he's on the hot seat even. That's why. And I would get the special teams coordinator. He's the only one that has a little bit of fire on the sideline. Who can't do worse? Uh, it's just I, I don't get it. I mean, it, it's it's and uh, it's frustrating to watch. And yep, third and eight. Let's throw a two yard pass. That's consistent. That's been like that all season. Your quarterback is not a championship quarterback. Nope. He will never bring you a championship. Nope. And uh, you're going to play him next year because you got to pay him all this money? I mean, if uh, you have a car and if you owe two years on it, but every time you get in it, uh, a tank of gas, you go like uh, 15 miles on it. <laughs> you going to keep it for two more years? No, it's costing you. Or you trade it in? And I understand he has a no trade clause. Oh, you were stupid for giving him that. Yep. <laughs> uh, but why you got to play him? If you know he's not the guy, he will not win for you. And he can come and do his press conferences and blow smoke up people's butt all he wants after games. He's not getting it done. He holds on to the ball again way too long, takes uh, sacks when at, at critical times. Uh, he's, he's not accurate. And, again, I think he wants to be an offensive coordinator instead of just worrying about doing his job. And It's time they move on. I saw a stat today that is very indicative of the Dennis Allen era in New Orleans. This is now, he's pretty much coached two seasons. All of last year, pretty much, you know, 15 games this year. It's basically been two seasons. Against teams with records 500 or better, the Saints are 1-13. They literally only win when they're facing the worst of the worst. Their wins this year are against the Titans, not any good. Panthers, worst team in the NFL. Patriots, probably second worst team in the NFL. The Colts are pretty good. That was a good win. But it was the first week of Gardner Minshew, and they were still piecing some things together. The Bears without Justin Fields. If you would have played them with Justin Fields, you would have lost that game. Beat Carolina. Beat New York. But anybody that they've played this year with even so much as a semblance of a pulse has beat them. Green Bay, the Bucks, the Texans, the Jags, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, the Rams. Anybody with even remotely a pulse is knocking off New Orleans. You had a historically easy schedule this year, and you're not even going to make the playoffs through that. Um, you got an old roster. You got a roster that's in some salary cap grief, as usual. And your genius defensive coordinator head coach's defense is really not even all that good of a defense anymore. They gave up 458 yards offense to the Rams last night. And that was my takeaway is that, look, it's one thing if you are a mediocre team, but you're fairly close. Right now the Bills are 8-6, and six, they're fairly close. The Bengals are 8-6, and six. if Burrow would be there, they'd be better, they're fairly close. The Browns are 9-5, and five. they're fairly close. New Orleans is closer to Carolina and New England than they are to the 49ers oh, and Philly. Yes, indeed. They are closer to the bottom than they are to the top, and they don't exactly have resources to get better. Um, dark, dark days, bro. And I, I, look, 
we could sit here and say they need to fire Dennis Allen, and I think that they do. But if you have options, why would you choose to go there? Which makes me concerned that the next guy might not be any better anyway because they're going to have to start rebuilding here at some point. Oh, they're going to get a guy that's going to come in and is going to want total control. Maybe I mean, that's not such a bad thing. You can't do it any other way. You can't. If Mickey Loomis is there, I mean, come on. And you know what's going to happen? And it seems like it happens more often than not. Tampa Bay, watch, will lose. <laughs> Atlanta's going to lose this week with two games left. Oh, the Saints are still in it. Then the Saints are going to get destroyed. You keep saying that they're going to get tore by up Tampa week in Tampa. Or, or they'll win that one, then comes to the last game of the year, they got to win to get in and just lay a big egg. I, it, look, it, it's puzzling to me. Um, have, you, have you ever played the board game Battleship before? Oh, yeah. That's what their offense feels like. Like, they're not doing anything. You mentioned yesterday when we were talking high school basketball, playing offense with a purpose. They're not playing offense with a purpose. They randomly will throw the ball down the field sometimes. When it's fourth and seven, we're checking down a two-yard pass to Jawan Johnson. When it's third and eight and we can't take a sack because we got to stay in field goal range, we take a sack. They're just guessing out there. we got a great running back, maybe our best offensive player. Yeah, we'll only give it to him nine times last night. We're only going to run the ball 16 times. Oh, we signed a a good free agent running back, Jamal Williams. Yeah, he's not going to play. Two carries for eight yards wasn't a part of the game plan at all. They're just guessing. They're just pissing into the wind on that side of the ball. And at the bare minimum, if it were me and I was Mrs. Benson, um, it would be the whole crew. Allen, Carmichael, Luma's the whole crew. But at the absolute bare minimum, if you have Pete Carmichael back next season, the fans are going to show up with bags on their heads if they show up because they're probably going to sell their tickets to visiting fans and we're going to have some empty dome games and we're going to have some dome games where the road fans outnumber the home fans. The fans have had enough. We need to see some sort of change here because if you bring back these these cast of characters next year, it's going to be ugly, bro. Yep. Ugly. Bags with them little, uh, little glasses on. New Orleans will that play. He's got to squint to see. <laughs> New Orleans will play Tampa on Sunday with an opportunity to, I don't know, maybe get back in it. If Tampa wins Sunday, New Orleans is pretty much out. That's kind of the stakes here. Tampa Bay would own the tiebreaker if the teams had the same record. Um, and they finish the season with the same record, even if New Orleans beats them next week. So if Tampa beats Jacksonville Sunday, they would have a one-game lead, and they would not need to beat New Orleans. They, like if the if the Bucks win Sunday, the Saints are in big trouble. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think that they could go on the road and beat Tampa anyway. So nope. I, I think it's a moot point either way. Um, Dennis Allen last night had some interesting things to say. He said that. Uh, he was whining about how he thought Derek Carr played well and how he thought that it was always going to be a challenge for the team going on the road in a short week and yada, yada. It was a short week for the Rams too, man. That, that Like the excuses are getting old. You're losing the same way every time. Like it, the excuses are getting old. Yeah, <laughs> it's just – and just listen to them talk after the game. You know – and Derek Carr, I just want to win. You're not. You're not winning. And they haven't fixed the problem. The red zone's been all year. They haven't fixed it. A couple of games. Oh, we got in. We, you know, we got it. It's you know fixed. And 
And, and look, we know they're in salary cap problems. Who do you have on your team that anybody else wants? Olave, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, you wouldn't want to trade him. Kamara, I guess. He's just getting a little older. Your defense, nobody wants Cam Jordan. Nobody wants DeMario Davis. Those dudes are like 33, 34 years old. No one wants any of those guys. Um, they're going to have to rebuild. And It's going to be dark days. Yes. That's, that's what I'm getting at. They're going to have to rebuild. And, like, there's a chance that next year this team is terrible. Like, God-awful terrible. Like, we're the, the Saints are 7-8 and eight right now. There's a chance next year that this is going to be a team that's going to be among the worst in the entire NFL. There's no question about that. The best thing about this is that is during the holidays, Derek Carr's kids don't have to go to school and hear <laughs> it, their classmates tear their daddy down. Yes, they don't have to hear the booing at school. They don't have to hear it. New Orleans will have the mini buy. They'll take on Tampa. Uh, we'll see. But before we catch a break, and we are about to catch a break, we have breaking news. Dennis Allen. No, no, no. No, well. no, no, this is good breaking news. How about this? This one's going to knock your socks off. Central Lafouche, 58. Santamont, 50. Final score. Go ahead. Gage and the crew go at the Walker tournament and beat Walker last night. Beat Santamont this morning. I'd have to start rethinking some of our list of local rankings, man. Everybody assumed it was Vanderbilt and Bourgeois, everybody behind them. Central Lafouche is on a roll, man. That's a huge win. That is, yeah, that's a big win. Beating Santamont 58 to 50. Amazing win for Coach Griffin and his team. Who? Merry Christmas to you, brother. That 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 thanks uh, that Thanksgiving. That Christmas gumbo is going to taste a little better. So that when they they play again tomorrow, yes. And I would assume it'd be if it's a bracket, it's got to be the championship game. I'd imagine as they won their first two games. But you take down Walker, and now today. 58-50 over Santamont. Kudos to Coach Griffin and his team. That is a monstrous win. Sh- shooting up in them power rankings after that one. Game in a week. We got to get some yeah, man. Trojans in there. We got to get some Trojans in there for sure because who they're rolling. Let's catch a break when we get back. LSU's offensive coordinator is leaving the building. We'll talk about that and some other things. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Catch high school basketball here on KLEB 102.7 FM and 1600 AM. Get in on the action with play-by-play done by Casey Gisclair and Brian Colley here on the Raging Cajun. Our broadcast is sponsored in part by Doug Fab, Terrebonne General Health System, Advanced Eye, 3T Oil, Joe Septic, Absolute Fitness, GIS, and Rev. That's high school basketball here on KLEB 102.7 FM and 1600 AM, the Raging Cajun. This is Louisiana State Senator of District 20, Big Mike Fazy. I'd like to thank you all for your continued support and wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season. We are District 20. During this holiday season, our thoughts turn gracefully to those who have made our progress possible. And in this spirit, we say sincerely thank you and best wishes for the holiday season and a happy new year from everyone at Ashley Barrios State Farm Insurance. 
Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Welcome back to Play by Play. Um, I, I have some more breaking news. This is not going to be one that you want to hear, Brian. No. The Tigers. No, 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 no. Not, not involving LSU yet. We're Dennis get... Allen signed a five-year extension. You're on the right track. Um, Ian Rappaport, an NFL network analyst, and he's usually dead on, said today on the NFL network when breaking down the Saints and the Rams matchup, quote, my understanding from my sources in New Orleans is that Dennis Allen is in a good spot heading into 2024. <laughs> They're not going to fire him, dude. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what can we even say about that? Like, Laugh. We're over here like... We're, no way. We're figuring out like who the next guy should be. And I, he's not even on the hot seat, Bubba. Like, Ms. Benson's not going to get rid of him. He might be in a good spot like Coach Rowe. Oh, they owe him uh, all these millions. Dude, Ian Rappaport don't just make stuff up. Like, this dude's not even on the hot seat. This dude's going to be back. No way. That's, oh, that, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Somebody who's not going to be back is LSU's offensive coordinator, Mike Denbrock, who announced today that he is going back to Notre Dame to be their offensive coordinator. It's actually going to be his third stint at Notre Dame, a place that is is home for him. Um, he has he lives in that area, and he goes out to South Bend. Now, they were kind of some shady shenanigans here, right? Um, don't know if this is why he decided to leave, but you can maybe draw some conclusions. He was pursued by Texas A&M earlier in the season um, and then opted to sign a contract extension with LSU. That contract was supposed to be ratified at the upcoming board meeting, and in, in exchange, it was pushed to February. Well, tomorrow never comes because now he's leaving to go to Notre Dame. A um, couple of things. Hey, I mean, the dude did, did a really good job. LSU had the number one offense in the country and all that. That's, that's great. B, you've got playmakers and athletes all over. Brian Kelly's going to be able to find another offensive coordinator that will be able to do the job at a high level. But it do, I ain't going to lie, it does kind of stink, man. Like I was okay if Den Brock would have went in somewhere and been a head coach, but when you lose him to be a coordinator somewhere else, um, he that's uh that's not ideal and especially to Notre Dame. So, 
We'll see uh, who the Tigers bring in. They are in need of a new offensive coordinator. There are many who speculate that they might be in need of a new defensive coordinator if they get rid of Matt House. Um, but it was a little surprising reading that Denbrock was going to be leaving to go be a coordinator back at Notre Dame. And now I'm very curious to see who Brian Kelly hires to call the plays in Baton Rouge. I'm, I'm sure that list is going to be uh, extensive. Like would a guy from like say South Lafouche want to go call plays? Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, it looks like LSU in the bowl game is going to have their quarterbacks coach, Coach Joe Sloan, who is the guy that's most credited with developing Jaden Daniels. He'll get the opportunity, and who knows if LSU scores 50 points in the bowl, he might get hired. But as you said, if they're looking for an outside guy, whew, hard to uh, to go against that LSU talent. You know, you'd be coaching an offense that has dudes all over the field. Um, but it's surprising, man. It's uh, There you go. You just pulled it up. You didn't believe yeah, me, huh? No. Dennis Allen is in a good spot after a 14-18 and 18 start with New Orleans. Sign him to an extension. Bring him back. He's doing amazing in New Orleans. <laughs> All he could do is laugh. All you could do is laugh. This is unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. The dude is 14-18. and 18. The dude has won one game against a team above 500 in his time in New Orleans. And, oh, yeah, before that, he was a train wreck in Oakland. And right after he left, Oakland got better immediately. But, oh, he's safe. He's good. Everything's Gucci. 22-46 and 46 for his career. Everything's great. No problem. There's no rational explanation for the New Orleans Saints to stand by Dennis Allen as their head coach. But, but. <laughs> Mickey Loomis is going to manufacture one anyway. Lovely. <clears throat> Lovely. So for all you Saints fans who are yelling and screaming, ah, oh, we got to fire Dennis Allen. Ah, oh, we need a new quarterback. Ah, oh, we need a new. You're running this back, baby. It's going to be the same crew next year. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, you're going to get a new offensive coordinator. And I'm not even sure that they're going to do that. If you're lucky, you'll get a new play caller. This is right back to the oh. 80s and the 90s, bro. This is where this is headed. This is headed to a bad place, a really bad place. I just don't get it. I mean, you're going to play Derek Carr because he, you owe him all this money. Same reason why they're not firing Dennis Allen. They don't want to pay him to not coach. Bro, get, M Mrs. Benson doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> she, I've said this on this show. Her number one life trait was marrying a rich dude. And now she's in charge. Like, she doesn't know how to run these teams. And she's got, who's her who's her confidant? Who's the person she confides in? Mickey Loomis. Man. If that's the general of your army that you're leading into the NFL battle, you're in a bind, bro. You're in a bind. And you have exactly what you have right now, a team that is stuck in the middle. A team that doesn't have resources to get better and is aging and is going to eventually get worse. You're stuck in the middle. So it's too expensive to get to to move on from Derek Carr. I would think so. Increase the price of hot dogs and make <laughs> it up. Make make your your millions up. Something tells me there's not going to be too many people in line to buy those hot dogs next year. They shouldn't look come their last home game. Man, it's going to be bad in there. I I don't know the justification. I don't know what they would be looking at. But all the context clues are there. Mickey said three, four weeks ago, hey, we got the right people in the building. Oh, you know, we're so close. And, and now Ian Rappaport comes out with this. That 
He's safe. He ain't even on the, not even a thought. He's safe. So they're saying the Saints are going to have to actually rebuild, and it's something you don't do the same with a completely new coach. You wouldn't want to rebuild with a well, completely completely new coach. On the bright side, well, I don't I don't agree with that. I would want to rebuild with a new coach so that he That's could get his own do. people. <laughs> um, but I will say this. As our resident expert of wanting to tank, there's no better way to suck next year than to bring Dennis Allen back. So if you're trying to take a few seasons off and, and rebuild, why not lose with the guy who all he's ever done is lose? So maybe from that perspective, I could see it would be a good decision. Yeah, they're saying that Dennis Allen, uh, Mickey Loomis has been wrong on almost every decision since hiring Allen so far. Well, then why the hell is he still there? He's saying maybe they're due for getting something right. I mean, it, you got a general manager who has screwed up over and over and over again, including with the head coach that he hired, including with the way that they've drafted, including with the way that they pieced their team together, including the way that they have continually kicked the can down the road and put themselves in such salary cap hell but we don't even hear any thought of him getting replaced. Why? Because he's in the back pocket of the team owner. He ain't going anywhere. This is a mess. Oh. This is this is, smells like a cesspool, man. This is a mess. <sighs> Merry Christmas, New Orleans. You got Dennis Allen for another year. Comical. I, I don't get it, man. It's <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But that that's where we're headed. The Dodgers yesterday shifting gears a little bit. Boy, have they spent some money, right? They signed, who? Uh, forgive me, Yashinibo Yamamoto to a 12-year, $325 million contract. He is a pitcher who's coming over from Japan. Apparently, he was one of the best Japanese league pitchers, going to be an ace in the MLB. The Dodgers have now spent more than $1 billion, with a B, dollars on two players Shohei Otani and now this Yamamoto Brian if you are raising children today and your children are athletes get them to play baseball baby because boy that's where the money is 12 yeah. years 325 million dollars left-handed left-handed gotta gotta show out and uh, go make some things happen that's unbelievable the money that the Dodgers have spent. But look good on them, man. Like, I see a lot of people on social media, oh, they're ruining the sport, oh, they're buying it. If your owner's willing to invest that heavily in this product, why not? Like, I applaud that. I wish that the team that I rooted for, the Atlanta Braves, would spend more, but unfortunately they don't. And and now they're going to spend the next several postseasons losing to the Dodgers as a result. Oh, my dude over here is depressed. I'm still looking. My, my, my guy Brian is depressed. I told him that Ian Rappaport reported Dennis Allen was safe. <laughs> Didn't really fully believe. He Googled it. And now he's going find like he's trying to find something to refute that report and can't do it right now. And he's struggling. You got Dennis Allen for another year, my man. My goodness. Santa Claus has you on the nice list this year. That's your gift. Congratulations. Look how I, I titled my thing right. <laughs> The Saints suck. That's what you titled your 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 video clip that you yeah. played earlier. Hard to dispute that. Hard to dispute that, especially after last oh. night's result. Christmas Eve, whole lot of football going to be going on. Um, so let's talk about it. Is Tampa Bay going to beat Jacksonville? Lawrence is questionable. He's in concussion protocol. The Bucks are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Where's this game? Tampa. In, oh, man. Have you ever been to Tampa? No. 
I, I've been not to a Bucks game. I've been for a, a women's Final Four. It's, it's really nice. Um, but that, that's one thing I, was, I talked with uh, Tanya about, that every year we're going to try and make uh, a road trip to a different stadium. Did that, I t- that might be on the, the list next. Did I tell you about my, uh, my project that I'm doing? No. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure out some things. Um, and I, one of the things I want to start doing is I want to start collecting stuff. I got a big old task ahead of me. And I think I did tell you this. You're going to probably remember whenever I tell you. In the new year, I'm trying to get you, – you guys know – people know me personally know I have about a zillion hats. I'm a hat collector. But I'm also a T-shirt collector. I'm trying to get one hat and one T-shirt for every single NFL team, every single MLB team, every single NBA team. So I'm actually uh, – I got a piston shirt coming in soon. So I'm trying in the next year to collect one hat and one shirt – for every major pro sports team. And then after that, I'm going to expand it even further. One hat, one shirt for every Power 5 college team. Got a lot of money to spend and a lot of stuff that I got to try to do. Was, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm embarking on that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see how far I could get. Yeah, that's... Uh, Need a lot of closet space, but hey, whatever. Yeah, but what size are you going to get? Uh, You know, I get asked this question a lot. Is that right now I'm... I'm a medium right now. I lost some weight, but the medium's getting a little snug now that we could actually eat again. Uh, probably a large, probably a large. Yeah, because if not, you—I mean, you buy your own better wear it. What are you? Hey, what, um, is that? You, do, would you wear them or hang them up somewhere? I'm gonna start that, wearing that, some of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I—I I, I would wear my random piston shirt that's coming in, even though the Pistons have lost 25 games in a row and are terrible. Can you imagine? Have you ever been on a 25-game losing streak in your career? No. Never? What was the longest losing streak you had? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. No, there was one year that you guys were not very good. Um, I remember it was the year we brought all the bitty boys Man, to you, watch. you just kicking me today, huh? <laughs> I'm telling the truth. But the didn't. Saints, now you're going to talk about losing records. <laughs> well, there, was one, there was one year, and you know, ironically enough, Nick and I brought, Nick Bear and I brought um, the bitty team. Who was members yep. of that bitty team? Terrence Petrie, Nicholas Coleman, all the guys that are playing, Dardar, all the guys that are playing right now. You guys are not very good. You beat Hanville at home. That snapped a long losing streak. Because I remember Nick and I were like, yeah, they're probably going to get beat tonight. But you guys put it on Yeah, Hanville no confidence. <laughs> um, what's your longest winning streak? Do you remember that? No, I have no clue. Didn't you guys start like 20-0 and 0 or something one year? I, I don't think it was, uh, it was up there. But the number I really don't know. Dude, that's got to be a lot of pressure, man. When you're when you've won that many games in a row, um, there, there was pressure every year because I put on myself, so it wouldn't yeah win or lose, it wouldn't matter. I'm trying to think of the way to ask this because it's going to sound like a stupid Kick question. Me. No, no, it's not. No, it's not nothing bad. When you have a long winning streak like that, and the kids. Egos start to get a little bigger, and the head starts to swell a little bit, and it's natural. It's nothing against the kids down the bayou or anything. I mean, it happens everywhere. They're high school kids. They, they start to believe the press clippings. Is it sometimes good to lose a game? To No. No? Never good so, to lose. So, so you don't ever believe into the moral victories, hey, we had to get no. humbled type of no. thing? No. Okay. I just wonder. But, man, like sometimes in the NFL, I'll be like, oh, well, Cowboys have won seven in a row. I mean, hopefully, you know, they get knocked off their high horse, get refocused. Like, so you're saying that you've never had a, what you called a good loss that, that helped no, you? No, never a good loss. 
Okay, I respect that. No. I, I was I was just wondering how, what your thoughts were on that. Where is do you have a most memorable road game that you have won in your career? One where it was rowdy and you shut oh, the crowd up. At HL Bourgeois, the Trayvon Evans. Game? Yeah, we were down uh, a few points, and they went to a zone, and Trayvon Evans just lit them up, and we got onto that little roll and ended up uh, pulling it out at the end. We won. That go. was a big crowd. I actually got a picture of the crowd uh, across from our bench. It's someone took, I guess, after we scored, they were cheering like and jumping up. Or it was a um, nice, uh, very nice picture. I'm gonna put you on the spot one more time, and then we'll then we'll wrap up. In your coaching career, was there who is the most? And I, I'm gonna say local player, but I know you guys have played some players from outside the area. Who was the local player that gave you guys the most difficulty in terms of preparing for? Where you're watching film and you're like, oh my god, we don't know. Oh what. man, there's a bunch of them. Like, I remember back in the day, um, Terrebonne had a few names. I'm trying to um, Diggs. Yeah, small old guard, yeah. stocky. Yeah, he he was big. Um, uh, like, hard to defend, like Elijah McGuire and then Lion Harden them. But I don't know if y'all you're even really. Really played Didn't them play much. them much. Yeah. Um, HL, Stevie Howard. <laughs> Stevie but, would be the first one to tell you. He was a little bit of a hothead then, too. Yeah, <laughs> but his ability to shoot so far, you know, he was tough. Uh, Rainy kid. God, AJ Rainey was bourgeois. incredible. Is there a year that you guys play Assumption in a district championship game and lose on the buzzer or something like that? Am I remembering that right? Or did you win on the buzzer? We, uh, I think, lost a close game. Had to go back and play them. Oh, and then then the, and, and okay. beat them. Okay, so th- you guys lost on the buzzer to force the playoff game, then beat them. The- yeah. Okay. Then uh, yeah, that's a guy that uh, it's his first only points of the game. Came off the bench and just threw something up. <laughs> And like magic for them, dude. Isn't that crazy? I was ta- I was having this conversation the other day. We often see, and in, in Las Vegas, it's called a bad beat, right? Where you know, hey, a team's favored by seven and a half, and they score a late touchdown to cover or get a late field goal, whatever. It's funny how when you're when you're betting on these games, you never win like that. You always oh, yes, lose. Oh, yes. you never win because of a fluke play at the end. One hundred percent of the time, you lose because of the fluke. Like it's it's unbelievable how that works. I could tell you thirty different times that I've had a terrible bad beat. I can't tell you one time that it actually worked out in my favor. That's unbelievable how that works. Yeah, and that, that game against Assumption. I don't know if he if he'd be listening right now, but uh, Keegan Polky was a, a guard on that team, and. Uh, Kind of struggled at times a little bit. Uh, he came out. I think he hit uh, his first three shots, three pointers, right at the top of the key. And I'm saying, boy, it's gonna be a good day now. Polky's on. <laughs> bang, bang, bang! What you trying to say? You trying to say that Keegan's not a good shooter? <laughs> Keegan's gonna tell you. We laughed at it the other day. <laughs> he laughed. He said, "Oh, when I made those three shots, it's like, yep." Be a good one for us. What you guys are doing over the holiday, man? Are you, are you going to North Shore? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Hope, hope uh, that's the plan, unless uh, something else comes up. But yeah, I got uh, you. But um, go to uh, Madisonville Christmas morning, and probably 
during the week head up to uh that little lake house in uh mississippi okay that sounds like a winter that sounds good my family plans we're going to be doing some stuff uh throughout the next several days really try to make it a, a good holiday uh merry christmas to you buddy and i'm gonna see you tomorrow um also uh, but merry christmas to everybody listening um hope everybody has a wonderful holiday we are off until wednesday we're off obviously monday christmas day but then we're also taking off tuesday to kind of recover and recoup and wednesday we will be back at it our broadcast schedule for next week is non-existent we don't have any games so we do have a little bit of time off which will be much welcome Tonight, South of Us will be taking on Ellender. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Have a wonderful holiday, man. And look, go out and support them boys at South of Us tonight. They're gonna, they deserve a, a big crowd against Ellender. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful holiday. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.